Hi, and welcome to the Female Health Podcast. My name is Mary Jo McGuire, owner of MJ Nutrition. I have a degree and master's in nutritional science, and I'm studying to be a nutritional therapist also. I work with women every day who want to lose weight, improve their relationship with food, hack their hormones, regulate their cycle, restore their periods, learn about nutrition for hormonal balance, help women come off the pill, and lots more. This podcast will be a place to talk about all things female health related, from periods, the pill, weight loss, diets, fertility, acne, PMS, and lots, lots more. I hope this platform to be educational and empowering so women can take charge of their health, their hormones, so they can feel and look their best at all stages. Hi and welcome to the Female Health Podcast. I'm your host Mary Jo McGuire and this week I have an amazing guest that I'm so excited to introduce. So I have Ashling O'Kelly from AOK Nutrition. I followed Ashling for a long long time on Instagram and her content has always been just it's resonated a lot with me. She speaks a lot about what I talk about um, around the pill, hormones, periods, uh, nutrition and lifestyle and uh, I'm just delighted to have her on to chat about these type of topics more and get into a bit more um, of a conversation around this and I'm also going to answer some questions that came up on Instagram over the past few days but I'm going to pass over to Ashley to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about what you do where you're based and what you kind of work with at the moment. Of course Mary Jo thank you so much for having me on and um, I'm always delighted to come on to things like this because I feel like it's such an important topic to be discussing so I will always say yes to podcasts if it means we can reach more people. So basically, yeah, I'm Ashing O'Kelly. Um, I am AOK Nutrition. I have a clinic in Port Marnock in Dublin, and I've been in practice now nearly seven years. So initially, when I first trained as a nutritional therapist, I was kind of seeing everything, like all different kind of conditions from, you know, an older man with high cholesterol to a marathon runner. Yeah. And I feel like over the last couple of years, I kind of just fell in love with female hormones. And, you know, you kind of the job satisfaction, you see people coming back and you go, you've got such good results with them so over the last couple of years I've kind of just started to specialize in women's health and um, female hormones yeah I also am so lucky that my mom is also a herbalist and she's a naturopath so I was brought up with this from the beginning like you know we had herbs in our house growing up so we actually own our clinics now together her clinic is called breath of life so in my clinic and in her clinic we also use herbal medicine alongside nutrition we look at your lifestyle we use supplements it's very like a holistic approach we look kind of yeah. the whole person and put kind of personalized patterns in place super yeah yeah so I actually um went to your clinic as I was saying before and like that's it's I fell in love with that approach like it was both nutrition and the herbal medicine side of things and something I really actually want to get into more is knowing more about the herbal medicine as well probably something I'll study down the line but not for now um, <laughs> but um in terms of herbal medicine like um speaking about that like what role do you think that has in terms of um hormones and just overall health at the moment um like do you specifically recommend them yourself or do you prefer to your mum to do that is that a role for your mum at the moment so because I've been brought up with herbs I have such a massive yeah. knowledge base of them I'm actually back at the moment um in CNM college training to be a herbalist yeah. so I'll be qualified in August 2022 fingers crossed all going well so I know the, the foundation of so much herbs like I know what herbs I'd like to give clients and I kind of discuss my mom and she's she's the one that actually makes them up because I wouldn't be insured to do that yeah. but I would know so much of it already um herbs and hormones herbs in general though are just absolutely 
fascinating and like I've always known they work with my mom is in practice since 1994 and this is before there was Instagram or social media like my mom's whole mantra was like if you're meant to come to the clinic he'll come to the clinic so her business was built off recommendations and people's experiences so I feel like that speaks a lot for itself that like herbal medicine so personalized for people and the more I learn about it now the more I'm just fascinated being like these herbs are on this earth for us for particular reasons like yeah, for yeah. example you might have heard of like um chaseberry or agnes castus or vitex is kind of three, three different ways for it this herb helps support the body with stress yeah. which helps ovulation yeah. and the, the, the chemicals like how it works in the body is just amazing i'm like that that's the only reason that it's here to have a female hormone yeah. so yeah. i think there's such a big place for herbs and i feel like we've lost that over the last like, 100 years since kind of antibiotics and medicine has come back in but yeah. herbal medicine is the oldest form yeah and like medicine, a lot like of medicine different. would be based on herbal medicine, wouldn't it be? A lot of the ingredients yeah. would come from herbal ingredients. Yeah. Yeah. What I always find funny is like GPs and I don't know, some, you know, specialists say, yeah, herbs don't work. And that's, you know, witchcraft or it's yeah. hocus pocus, whatever it is. And in the same sentence, they'll say, no, if you're on any herbs, you can't take this medication. Which yeah, is, yeah. And they're so particular. And, you know, if you're going in for treatment, absolutely no herbal medicine. So I'm like, well, which one is it? Do they work or do they not work? So, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, you have to take a pick. Some of them have really strong interactions with drugs. So obviously yeah. they're that powerful. Yeah. You know what I mean? so it's like I hate the way they're all kind of brushed under the same rug saying no they actually don't work they're a lot of herbs are very very powerful and that's why like I'm I've to be a herbalist the training's in five years for it it's not just like you know yeah. a 12-week course kind of thing so there's a lot in it as well and they're actually they're quite potent are they you wouldn't want to be just going to take them off random or like without knowing what you're taking you want to know like the dose and the amount and which ones to take for your individual needs like so like they really are need to be personalized and managed at a by a specialist or a herbalist as you say like so yeah I know what you're saying like if GPs aren't recognizing them but they're so potent like you shouldn't be just going into a shop and buying anything off random yeah yeah um so we got lots of questions in yesterday around like the pill obviously came up a lot and issues with the pill and post pill acne and things like that so I do want to touch on that in a minute but I also like to touch around um contraception um in terms of other ways of um preventing pregnancy and um fertility awareness methods so bringing that into it so do you want to talk about that do you educate your clients on that or um do you you just depend on on the situation yeah no definitely like the the biggest issue I have an issue is probably a strong word to use here but the biggest yeah issue would be that when you're on hormonal contraceptives it switches off ovulation and the problem with that yes you don't get pregnant but you don't just ovulate to make a baby you also ovulate to make your own hormones and these hormones that you make shape everything from your mood your sex drive your energy levels you know you're kind of zest for life it can affect anxiety like it has such an overall um, approach your body it's not just for pregnancy yeah. so I see so many young girls come to me and they're on the pill say from say 17 when they start having sex for example yeah. and all of a sudden they've switched off their hormones and you know I think anxiety um, is very much linked with the contraceptive pill and maybe for gut health or low libido and the problem I have with it is that like people or young women go through their 20s and thinking there's something wrong with them and actually it could be the contraceptive so I kind of promote more non-hormonal contraceptives which to be honest as well, like the best of that bunch, like, I mean, it's 2021, how we do not have better options is absolutely, it's just mental, right? So you were asking now, so basically the ones that I would kind of say to clients is the first one would be the copper coil, yeah, which 
is kind of more um you don't have to worry about it you get it in it's a little copper rod in your cervix and it works kind of prevents sperm motility so sperm yeah. is not going to get very far basically but you do still ovulate so you still get a period every month you still make your own hormones not going to affect your sex drive like you know it's not too bad yeah um you also have like you were saying there basically like tracking your cycle okay so I think this is a bit trickier like I feel like if I was 20 and someone was explaining this to me I'd be a bit more nervous about doing it obviously yeah. like I'm so familiar with my body this is 10 years later like you know I, I know yeah. everybody into this I'm sure you do as well but um you can track your cycle based on things like your body temperature on your discharge like your 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 cervical mucus your discharge will change around when you're ovulating you know then looking out for other signs and symptoms like you know maybe like pelvic pain around ovulation or change in um, body temperature like actually feeling a bit warmer yeah. um have you heard of natural cycles yeah I use that myself yeah. yeah 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 so natural cycles is kind of like an easier way to do this I think back in the day you know you can track your cycle going by your symptoms I'd be able to do this myself I'm sure you'd as well without using yeah. natural cycles but natural cycles is a thermometer and it's linked up in an app. And basically what you do every single morning, you take your body temperature and it tells you um, if you're ovulating or if, actually, sorry, no, it tells you if you're, um, if you should use protection or not. It kind of gives you like your yes. red days and your yeah. green days based off your body temperature. Yeah. Um, how do you find it? Do you find it good? Do you find it accurate? Yeah, it's accurate enough. Like I'm not probably as consistent as I was. I used it like in the, when I was really managing my PCOS, like to really kind of see when I was ovulating, if I'm ovulating. And uh, yeah, it definitely was accurate. Like, because I like struggle to ovulate obviously with PCOS. Like it's more, I think of a challenge or difficulty, like a lot more, I think energy is required from me to ovulate nearly. So um, like I was always trying to track that. So I'd notice around, I, I would ovulate later, be like day 19 or 20, I could ovulate because of um, just the delayed, delayed ovulation uh, with yeah. PCOS. Um, but yeah, I would notice the temperature increase there around that time and it would peak yeah. up until like the period came and I started to notice that pattern. So, and then gradually, like I'd notice, like I'd wean myself off it and notice that my follicular days were getting uh, more even like it was around day 16 17 um but yeah like I do find it good enough I think it's a useful tool to know how to um track your cycle and mm-hmm. it, it can be beneficial but I do agree with what you're saying like someone in their early 20s like to be like you know mm-hmm. especially because drink can affect it yeah, and alcohol yeah and like and later nights and things like that so like if you're especially in college like could you imagine waking up and like taking your temperature <laughs> and like, putting in the yeah going out three nights like I know when I was in my 20s I was going out three nights a week kind of thing so yeah, like that's yeah. three days where the, the results might not be as accurate yeah um exactly. anyone listen I do have a highlight stage on my Instagram on natural cycles so if you want to learn more about it just pop over and I kind of explain a bit more detail and show you how to use and that kind of thing but the, really the copper coil is probably the best of a bad bunch that and bunch. the yeah, that I kind of always give with copper coil is that you need to supplement zinc if you're on the copper coil the copper and zinc will compete for absorption yeah and people have probably heard horror stories you know the copper coil causes more heavy periods and it causes pain and bloating I think from my experience that is due to zinc deficiency yes that yes. my go-to for heavy periods painful periods you know cramps is always zinc yes. so I feel like that's actually the reason why I think the copper coil is such a bad um kind of a bad rep for people that they don't realize they need supplement zinc the other disclaimer I always have to give with this is that if you're vegan or vegetarian you might have a very low iron diet iron and zinc compete for absorption so it's tricky you have to be so careful like yeah. you know this is what I mean is it, why can we just have an easier option you know I can just give some to the lads and let them sort of out you know yeah. so concept is very tricky yeah 
they are yeah then there's always the condoms as well like just to of course yeah. Well. yeah the barrier protection um and they are you know most time if they're used properly effective so just to be aware of that and I just think that what you're saying like even if you're not tracking temperature and things like that if you have an idea of when your fertile time is just to be really more careful at that stage because I know you always say this and again I always say this there is really only six seven days in the month that you actually can get pregnant anyway so if women are made aware of that then they can at least it can help them relax a bit I suppose on the other sides of the of the month because like there's 30 days in a month you can't get pregnant all that for full 30 days in a month so. yeah this is something I'm like why this is not drilled into us when we were in school is beyond me so even for people listening they might not be aware of the six days kind of seven days so basically how it works is let's say for example if you do have a regular 28 day cycle you're probably ovulating around day 14 so you'll always ovulate two weeks before you get your period so you're fertile the day that you're ovulating and the problem is your egg lives to 24 hours but sperm will live for about five days so if you had sex anywhere say from day nine basically sperm still floating around looking for something to do the egg comes out in day 14 you can still get pregnant even if you haven't had sex yeah. on yeah. day 14 now the other thing about this is once you've ovulated so I'd always give myself you know at least a kind of day 16 17 just <laughs> just to be careful yeah for that second half of your cycle there's no way you can get pregnant you've yeah. already ovulated there's literally nothing to fertilize I say to my exactly. clients you've about as much chance of getting pregnant if you have sex at the lamppost like yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, it literally but why that was not I don't know and, and women are terrified to even yeah, trust exactly. their bodies like, like I think everyone went on the pill out of pure fear that like it was just the minute you like literally looked at a boy or a man you're going to get pregnant and it was like I think it definitely could be an Irish you know Catholic school thing maybe I don't know if that's what it is but like there was a big fear about that and like yeah we were really drilled in to be afraid of sex nearly and that you get pregnant from sex sex equals pregnancy nearly and exactly really yeah. like it's nearly the not I'm not going to say it's the opposite at all because that's not true but like as you probably see it and I see it myself there's so many issues with nearly getting pregnant like if it was as easy as that it'd be nearly great but like it's not yeah it's so hard to get pregnant like I think someone who goes out on like and has like a one-night stand gets pregnant that is almost a miracle like it's yeah. so unheard of to be like the chance of you like meeting someone being ovulating like do you know what I mean like the chain of events have to take place have healthy eggs have a healthy sperm I suppose we're seeing kind of the you know the size that people are struggling more so so obviously we yeah. do think it's you know a higher amount but it's hard to get pregnant it's hard if you think you know absolutely <laughs> absolutely so that's important to be aware of um then around like just the pill itself so we, we talked about like obviously I'm always saying it as well like it's the ovulation is the most important part of the the female cycle for all of the reasons you've mentioned and um, so when you are on the pill and then you come off it it can take a bit of time for people to adjust because you've basically switched off that connection from the brain to the ovaries and like the body's a bit like what's going on and um, like what I know you have um advice on this as well and you do like a post pill pack which is such a good idea and um, because you've depleted so many nutrients when you're on the pill so you can obviously talk about what's in that as well but um advice for people post pill with getting acne maybe some weight gain as well it's like these are kind of questions that came up yesterday so they're getting acne some weight gain after the pill some some people having uh, like changes in hormones like low estrogen levels and um, again that mightn't have anything to do with the pill that could have been something that was there beforehand and um, it could have been hypothalamic amenorrhea perhaps and the pill was masking that but what's yeah. your advice for post pill um support so 
if people can help, like if they can, I kind of get them to start working on taking supplements, changing diet at least three months before, if not one month before, especially, especially if you're put on the pill for acne. This yeah. is something that drives me around the bend, like acne given as a treatment. I'm doing this in inverted commas now for your skin. And, you know, skin's fabulous and you're delighted, you know, more acne. And I see clients, you know, in their 30s, I'm sure you're very similar to me and they want to get pregnant. And all of a sudden they have teenage acne again and yeah. they are absolutely up the walls as you will be. Yeah. So this is real kind of prep in advance. So you have to remember like even nutrition and digestion affect hormones too. Yeah. So I would look at that with clients, especially like it'd be different just on the pills of contraceptive. In that case, I would focus on basically I, I made that pill pack and all it is is your zinc, your B vitamins and a probiotic in it. Those three things are really depleted when you're on contraceptives and they can impact everything from like your mood, your energy levels, your skin, your immune system. Mm-hmm. Like it's a really, really important nutrient. So if you're just someone on the pill for a contraceptive, I would recommend taking the pill pack ongoing or at least kind of three months before. If you're someone who is put on the pill for, you know, irregular cycles, heavy periods, acne, kind of actual hormonal issues and it's being masked, I definitely would kind of book in for a consultation and, and we need to look at everything. I kind of say to clients, you need to realize what went wrong last time if you understand why your hormones were out of balance 10 years ago or five years ago however long it was then you'll understand what you need to do to fix it now because sometimes people haven't changed their lifestyles they're still doing the same things they were five years ago but just the pills mask symptoms and the reason why I'm saying three months as well of of kind of being on the the pill pack is that your eggs in your ovaries we all have like immature baby eggs haven't been released yet they take about three months to fully develop yeah. And the problem with this is if you've had three months of being on the pill and in nutrients, your eggs won't be as healthy as they should be. Mm-hmm. And then if you do come off the pill and you do have a period a few months later, those eggs, when they get released at ovulation, because they're not as healthy, they're not going to make sufficient um, hormones for you. And you might have more PMT and things like that. So it's yeah. just by kind of prepping in advance. This is essential. If you're coming off the pill to get pregnant, you need to give yourself minimum three months. 100%. Yeah, definitely. Um, and what is your thoughts on um, gym? for uh, post-pill acne would you recommend that or would you wait maybe for the androgen surge or what do you advise with regards to that I kind of have a love-hate relationship with dim it's an absolutely amazing supplement but I wish I could put red tape around it and be like use with caution and just plaster it all over Instagram like even today I'm getting messed from people saying oh I'm on the pill can I take dim kind of thing the problem with dim is it's very very strong so the way it works is I can describe it as like dim is like the bus that collects your hormones okay and but the hormones are like, you know, bad convicts. It's like, they're all going to prison. You get them on the bus and the bus is going to prison. It's not a good bus. So really things like when people are on DM, you have to make sure that like, your digestion is good. This is how your body gets rid of this, this bus. It's basically put out. Yeah. So what I see sometimes the clients come to me, they're even on Acumax. People might have not heard of DM, but they might've heard of Skin Acumax, which yeah. is such a popular product. And they're taking four Acumax a day and they're so constipated. They're going to store twice a week and their skin is in bits and they can't figure it out. And even skin care specialists, I don't think should be, allowed to give Acumax yeah, like no. I think it's too powerful of a supplement to give and what can happen is if you put all these convicts on a bus in one place and don't get rid of them they're going to start causing a bit of havoc like they're all together do you know what I mean so I kind of have a love-hate relationship with dim I um only give dim for six months as well oh yeah and then I make clients take a break generally if I've seen them for a consultation might be a little bit different but generally six months on dim and what people find when they come off the pill, I'm sure people listen to this and like that is literally me to a T, your skin is ground for six months. Yeah. And it's around the six month mark, then it starts flaring up. 
So I kind of say to clients, use DIM as like your get out of jail free card. I wait for skin to kind of start flaring and then we can go out of guns blazing for okay. six months. I think yeah. if you use it too early, um, it can impact even, you know, your hormones kicking back in. And so I kind of wait until yeah. people need it. Yeah. And I'm always just using it with caution um, as well. That the DIM that I use or I sell for my clients, I only sell it with milk thistle, which is a herb to support the liver and kind of deactivate the bottom of the bus almost. So I just even know for people who are buying it from my online shop and I've never met them at least I can sleep at night knowing right they're on dim but they're taking milk thistle so at least I've done as much as I can to help support the detoxification process yeah absolutely I think what you're saying there as well um about digestion like some people come to me and I say you find this as well and their digestion is just they're not going regularly or they've got issues with their bloating and things and I'm not, I'll and but they don't come to me for that they come with say PCOS or PMS or issues with their period the first thing I'd nearly be looking at with them is digestion because as you said like your digestion like eliminates your hormones it's your whole detoxification process and um, like again I'm sure you do that as well with that yeah, I would be exact same like the amount of people come to me for like the heavy periods and they're going to toilet once a month and I'm like or once a week and I'm like right okay we need to fix digestion and we'll focus on hormones a few weeks time and just explain to them and it makes sense and then as well and you know that way but yeah if anyone is listening like you need to any of your stuff with hormones it's the gut that you need to address first and you know what I say it's very rare to see someone really good good health and and suffer with digest suffer with hormonal issues they always go hand in hand together 100% yeah I think though that brings us into like it's not like one supplement or something that's going to sort out your hormone issues. It's not going to be Vitex or uh, the or Dim or Zinc itself. It's supporting your digestion through nutrition, really, like optimal nutrition and lifestyle. Like, where do you start with like changing someone's nutrition? Like, or do you do an overhaul or would you rather like ease them into it and make some small changes? Um, it depends on the person. Like what yeah. I explain to clients when I'm trying to explain exactly what you mentioned there, like a lot of people rely on supplements and I take this and I take that and this kind of thing. For example, DIM comes in and mops up testosterone, right? But it doesn't address why testosterone is high to begin with. And when I say to clients, if you walk into your kitchen and imagine your sink is overflowing and there's water all over the kitchen floor, right? The stopper's in the sink. The first thing you're going to do is walk over and turn off the tap and take out the stopper, right? Taking supplements without addressing the underlying issue is walking into the kitchen and starting mopping the floor and the tap is still overflowing. You'll never ever, forget the root of it so the first thing I would look at definitely is diet like I think for skin and hormones I do think I don't know if you're the same I think cow's milk is a massive has a massive impact on hormones especially in Ireland because our milk protein is different than if we were living in Portugal for example um but so I might look at kind of how much that's in their diet I look at supporting gut health I look at increasing dim naturally that's actually found in leafy green veg we work through that through getting more greens in we look at anti-inflammatory foods like I think basic things, getting more raw food in your diet, getting more omega-3s. Yeah. The thing that I try and drill home to my clients is this is not a 12-week transformation program. So I'm a bit more lenient with people. Like I let them have their takeaway. They keep in their wine. They keep in their morning coffee. They have their bit of chocolate because they're going to have periods, give or take, for the next 20 years. Yeah. So this isn't a short-term fix. Sometimes with good health, you do a quite strict plan, maybe for four or five weeks kind yeah. of thing. But generally for hormones, it's education. It's like, this is what you should be doing this isn't great for hormones. So if you do the not go great, great things, make sure that you have the good things as well. So like I find smoothies, for example, really handy. I'm like, you're having your wine on your Friday night, have your green smoothie that morning and it's a balancing act. And I think because I was brought up with kind of natural medicine, I know I can get the balance so well. Cause I, my friends like, Asha, you literally have an alter ego. Aokin nutrition is your alter ego. Like I will be the one to be out all weekend. Like 
I love having drinks we literally have a bar in our house like we yes yeah like I love that side things as well so because I love it so much I would never take that away from my clients and I kind of understand you need both things I think that's really important though to be like a real person because so often with like PTs like and I know so many clients have come from PTs and they're like you can't drink or you can't go out the weekends and you can't have a takeaway it's just so unrealistic unsustainable and yes it might work for 12 weeks but what have they learned in that time like what's going to happen when they like do go back out again like it's just not realistic Um, and no I'd be the exact same like what is life without your glass of wine and whatever you want like yeah I feel like our role is to educate people and to help them understand because it's never been taught anywhere else even though it should be I feel like this should be on the skill syllabus kind of thing you know what I mean yeah so so much of it's education I think with clients and I'm like I want to put me into you now next year and you're still doing your green smoothie like if someone comes back to me like and I had a green smoothie every day for the last three weeks I'm like okay stop doing that because you're not yeah. going to keep that up this is not perfection that we're looking for yeah. it's just consistency you know 100% that's what I would be saying as well with regards to the dairy uh, it's a big thing in Ireland isn't it like because like I think yeah whatever, wherever it comes from government or or BIA or all those big <laughs> funded agencies whatever like they pump it in that we need dairy and like I'm not anti-dairy at all but like um what would you say to someone then who is changing from cow's milk would you suggest goat's milk or um sheep's milk or what would you yeah so I get them onto sheep's milk goat's milk buffalo um and then kind of the the the, um, plant-based alternatives what I describe to clients with the cow's milk is I say imagine it's lighting a fire in your body okay and it's not kind of the dairy that's a problem it's how often we're having it like we're all obsessed with tea so people are like oh I just have a drop though in my cup of tea and I'm like well you have a cup of tea maybe every three or you know three or four hours a day which means imagine you you know lighting that fire putting coals on fire every three or four hours and you know then you might have cereal in the morning with a bit of milk and a bit of cheese at lunchtime and a bit of chocolate later on and you know maybe you've had a yogurt as a snack and whey protein after the workouts and all of a sudden it comes into the diet without realizing it and you're keeping this fire lit all day long yeah. whereas if you have something like feta cheese or goat cheese at lunchtime and switch onto an oat milk and have a bit of dark chocolate and maybe want a plant-based protein powder and then the odd bit of dairy is seven o'clock that night with a cup of tea and a bit of chocolate watching netflix the fire hasn't been lit until seven so it doesn't have the same effect and that's as well like i would never expect my clients to give up cow's milk forever because that's not practical this isn't like a 12 week transformation program it's about them understanding and looking at the frequencies coming into their body basically yeah kind of the dose is the poison more than the actual food exactly that's what I think anyway from my experience yeah no I, I'd be in agreement as well like I get like I think dairy has its place and there's like lots of nutrients in there but like it can be a trigger for some people and just cause that inflammatory or like that fire as you're saying I like the analogies that you have they make it really easy to understand and um, just a question came in um a few people are asking about hirsutism so that's the excess hair growth that people aren't aware um, and that again is quite common with PCOS um and uh, some hormonal imbalances and it's kind of like the other acne for some some people get the hirsutism but and they're saying there's not much diet advice out there and and things like that what would you what would your advice be around that um my heart goes out for anyone with this it's so hard to treat out of everything hair loss and hair growth are the two slowest things I think it takes at least 12 months now as an improvement and you have to be really consistent I actually find herbal medicine amazing for this I think diet can only do so much um, there's really good anti-angin herbs like salt palmetto or peony is another one that are very good for this. Um, Diet-wise, so it sounds like a broken record here. The first thing I look at is actually your cow's milk because cow's milk, basically what we're talking about here is it's too much testosterone. It's too much male hormones in the body. Yeah. So I would look at what else triggers this excess hormones. It can be coming off the pill. So 
this is the problem like how many people got lazy in their 20s and was like oh yeah I got full cell laser like you know hair free literally like a seal and then they come off the hill in their 30s and all their hair is going back and they're absolutely freaked but like it's because the post pill kickback from coming off certain contracts especially things like um Yasmin and Dianet are kind of notorious yeah, for yeah. this so basically I look at other places that increase testosterone and male hormones like your cow's milk that can increase um insulin right so insulin yeah is very much linked with PCOS. So basically 80% of PCOS is caused by insulin resistance. So um, what happens is then every time your body kind of eats something sweet, you know, insulin gets triggered and eventually your body gets fed up and saying, I'm not doing this anymore. And you can come resistant to it. And the problem then is every time insulin gets triggered, testosterone gets triggered. So when I see clients with really bad, like PCOS, you're probably very similar to this, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. Um, Low carb diets or kind of reduced carbs. blood sugar balancing which basically means they're not getting hangry during the day because you can have really good intentions but if you get hangry you walk into the kitchen and you've eaten a biscuit making your lunch 100 yeah you know what i mean so i'm like keep your chocolate for your netflix later on when you're really looking forward to it like the bit the chocolate you eat in the middle of the day you don't even want that it's just like you know an urge um what else i use zinc a good bit as well as a supplement to help reduce that then you can use things again you kind of need to do everything together but um your dim so your leafy greens from diet and then things like spearmint and green tea can also yeah. help kind of lower them. But it's slow. Like you have to be consistent. It's not like yeah. four weeks and you see an improvement. Have you ever suffered that with PCOS? Yeah, I have. That's the, I didn't really have the acne. I had the uh, the hair, excess hair growth and the hair loss. Now, I always wondered, was it a mixture between the Graves disease? Um, because I definitely noticed more hair loss with the Graves disease, which is the thyroid condition that I had. Um, but the excess hair growth, I always had that from a teenager. Um, so like I remember my mom bringing me into a herbalist uh not herbalist a health shop um when I was like 14 and she said she put me in Vitex at that age and now looking back and that was so wrong because you should take that before 18 because your whole uh, reproductive cycle isn't developed and I always wonder was that an issue like but um that's why I'm so like you can't just be taking herbs like you know from a health shop you know you have to go to someone like yourselves who are specialists in that but um yeah no I have suffered with like what I would take is I was on all that stuff for a long time like I took dim and zinc and but then again like that I don't want to feel I'm taking something forever and and I came off that and just kind of kept up with my diet in terms of blood sugar balancing and lots of vegetable things like that but I do take an acetal and I do think that helps yes that's when I forgot then it's what brand do you take I just take the my protein yeah I just take it on its own and I find it's really been helpful with reducing it's definitely regulating my cycle and and it's definitely um I'm definitely noticing the hair growth is not as like strong and um, back as often as well so and for that that I think that's a good one as well I do think like what are your thoughts and I get asked this a lot around supplements and how long do you think you need to take them because like you said you're not really getting to the root cause with some of the supplements they're like it's like the analogy you said with the mopping of the floor again you're, you're soaking things up but you're not really um getting to the root cause like I wouldn't like taking supplements for a long time so I don't think I don't like to do that with my own clients as well mm-hmm. but then like when they come off them do, do you see them having similar symptoms again I think it depends on their lifestyle as well that the problem nowadays is the stress levels, the capacity that we work at, the stress, the busyness we put on ourselves, we are not designed for this. And combine that with kind of poor quality food, like even if you are eating fruit and vegetables, like it's not as good quality, like the soil isn't as good quality anymore. Your gut health is not as good anymore. So I kind of feel like we shouldn't eat supplements 
but we kind of do because of all these other factors that if you were able to you know support someone's system they feel great and they take away all the stress and everything else is dandy then they might be able to be fine without supplements but I do think supplements are needed in our generation because we're all just massive stress heads so certain things I don't think you need to be on long term but certain things my clients I would actually keep them on things like going forward and, and kind of explain to them why this is working and if you're going through a particular stressful period where your diet hasn't been great or you know what I mean that you've gone through you're on antibiotics and your gut health yeah. not great you can go back to supplements with the herbal medicine we would keep clients on herbs ongoing like, I think I've taken herbs every day for god 10 years if not yeah, longer yeah. so the, the tonics that we use in the clinic we have 300 herbs and they're all for different things we make up people personalized tonics yeah so we would say to clients like the first time you come to us would be on the herbs maybe two or three times a day and then going forward long-term people take a tonic a teaspoon once a day and it's literally like Mary Jo in a bottle it's so personalized yeah. for what you need and yeah. I think that's better than going into a shop and buying a multi-villain or buying supplements so yeah. I think we're a little bit different because we have the herbs and they're so safe to take long term as well but yeah I think it just depends on people's lifestyles more so than anything else and what they yeah. can manage and they're there to supplement if you're going to focus on if you tick box if all the boxer ticks everywhere else and I don't think supplements are bad you're not if you're not relying on them too much basically I should say yeah I agree yeah I think you're right and you're so right you're right like our the nutrient density of the foods probably isn't the same as it was years ago our soil is completely different where our vegetables grow in and everything so we probably do need that extra bit of support like with them more supplements and things like that and like if I have to take an ostol for life I don't mind because like at least I'm not on the pill or I'm getting a regular cycle like that that's fine with me like I think studies have shown like that like whether it's genetics or not like there is lower levels of like that in ostol and B vitamins in people with PCOS for whatever reason and so like it just you need to give that bit of support there and that's fine and I definitely have to come in and get a personalized tonic again (laughs) just to um but yeah, like, and just one other thing I want to touch on, and this again, I know I t- talk about it a lot, PMS, it's a, a common thing, but it doesn't mean it's normal. And a few people again yesterday came in saying um, in the questions that they were afraid to come off the pill because beforehand they were vomiting, fainting with uh, their PMS. And like, you can understand the fear. Like, I mean, it's such debilita- a debilitating experience if that's going to impact your work life, everything. So like, what is your, I know you have a very like natural approach to this as well like I'm, I'm sure you see a lot of clients with PMS don't you every day like yeah. nearly every single person yeah and literally so that's what I say to all my clients because it's common doesn't mean it's normal like um your with PMS it's basically hormonal imbalance okay so it's you, you lack of a hormone called progesterone progesterone's at the second half of your cycle and progesterone's meant to make us feel really calm and really happy it's a natural painkiller it makes your period lighter like it's absolutely an amazing hormone. I always feel like if you have enough progesterone in the second half of your cycle you are literally like mother nature you're just on the ball you literally have your shit together like you feel so focused and obviously if it's your way around you feel balance the main yeah. thing that affects progesterone is stress yeah so pmt this again even this way stress is more times this definitely is not a 12 week transformation program this is ongoing and i say like your period is your month report card it tells you how good or how bad you've been that month you had a month where you've been exercising and eating really well and getting loads of greens in and you know focusing on your supplements and sleeping well chance of your period won't be that bad that month yeah. but let's say christmas we're all absolutely like headless chickens come up to christmas i always think everyone's period in december and january are always horrific from being so busy yeah, and that's probably always going to be like that so i think if you're someone who's put on the pill for this specific reason number one like you said thank god we have the pill in this situation because it's so debilitating for some women but these are the people I would be like you have to come for a consultation we'll sit down we'll look at your lifestyle a couple of years ago 
teach you like what also increases say well what also knocks off your progesterone that can be excess estrogen in the body and that's going to back to kind of gut health and diet so we look at all those factors and kind of get all your ducks in a row I get them to focus on that for at least like two months and then we work on coming off the pill and if the pain is still there after I've done all my you know bag of tricks then we'd be looking at something like endometriosis which is so common in Ireland and so underdiagnosed I would say like it's always fobbed off as like digestive issues or something like that so yeah yeah. you know um so yeah that's kind of my approach to PMT yeah same I think the issue with PMS or PMT is it's that gap in estrogen and progesterone it's like estrogen's up here really high and you're just like it's forcing the progesterone down lower you're just not making enough as a result or even if you have made it if your estrogen is really high you're not going to get the benefits of that nice progesterone like I yeah. think you you just always know don't you when you haven't made it you're just like I feel crap this month like I'm just more yeah. rattled angsty and mm-hmm. you just know oh, what happened to me and then you just look yeah. back and you're like yeah there was something happened that month that like just knocked it off like and it could be a few months beforehand as well that's what I would say as well it doesn't have to be just that month before yeah I've actually found so I COVID at Christmas time and I found my last three periods I'm really curious now I'm like doing a period in the next like, two or three days I'm very actually no PMT actually three interesting and oh, um, thinking of it now so I had COVID at Christmas time and my period PMT January February and March was so bad and I'm like what is this I'm like I don't get PMT anymore because obviously I know exactly what I should be doing my diet hadn't changed my herbs hadn't changed I do think it was like post-COVID because me explained earlier on about your eggs take three months to yeah. develop obviously you know, one month of that for me was being so sick with COVID and then recovery after that. I think like, I know for a fact, it's still like, I've been struggling kind of with it since I had it in December. So I do think that's massively impacting my, my hormones the last kind of three months, which yeah. I think is so interesting. It is. Um, but that's what I mean. It's, it's even more than diet hormones are tricky because it's your whole lifestyle that affects it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that would be a huge stress on your body at that time. So like, that's one of the big factors that steals your yeah. rubs, your progesterone. So like, it makes a lot of sense that that would do that. And I've actually seen a lot of clients who've had COVID as well and have had issues with their cycles a few months afterwards as well. So yeah, it does kind of it definitely would make sense really, even if you didn't know the ins and outs completely, just that added viral load and that stress load would definitely mm-hmm. implicate that. Yeah. Um but yeah, like we've have covered a lot. Is there anything that you'd really like to kind of get out there for women to know more about their hormones or cycle? Anything you'd like to say around that before we the one thing that, that frustrates me sometimes with hormones is the blood testing. So people have irregular cycles or they're not getting a period, they go get their blood done and the doctor says, oh, everything is fine. Mm-hmm. This is something never, ever, ever take that as law because it's not fine. If you're not ovulating everyone that has to be on a blood test, it's not random. Yeah. And like I say to clients, either the right thing wasn't checked or your doctor does not know the levels to be looking for. And I think that side of things, like the, the medical side and obviously not saying anything bad about all about doctors. Like I feel like they, the reason they work so hard and spend so much money is they want to help people. It's not that, their fault it's like the system is almost wrong I think when it comes to female hormones so blood testing is an absolutely brilliant way to determine exactly what's going on in your system and like some people even talk to me on Instagram I'm actually afraid to say this on here in case you start messing with me but you know people say to me I you know got this this and this and everything is fine I haven't ovulated and I'm trying to get pregnant the doctor said everything is normal and I'm like just send me your bloods and I'll glance at them and I'm saying this wasn't checked that's out of range go back to your doctor do this I can look at it in 15 seconds and tell them what's wrong yeah. and I'm not a doctor you know yeah. what I mean and I'm not I'm, I'm not a specialist in this. It's just from me learning over the last couple of years. So if you're listening and worried about your hormones, never take everything looks normal 
as the rule if it's not normal basically well if you're not feeling normal like if they're dismissing like your symptoms if you're like say low in energy or fatigued or you're not getting regular periods the same with thyroid hormones I see this a lot as well like they're they're not always like most of the time people come to me with thyroid symptoms but they're in range I think it takes a long time for thyroid markers to actually go out of range but like they're like oh everything's fine you're normal you don't have to worry about it and also they could be really close to like the the borderline do you know what I mean like they could say the range is between zero and four they could be like 0.05 or something normal it's like for god's sake and yeah and it's just it's kind of like just like people aren't feeling that way like you shouldn't be feeling low in energy or fatigued or getting irregular cycles that's not normal so it's kind of it's you have to be I suppose speak up for your own symptoms and like speak up for your own health really and be an advocate for that I suppose um so yeah that's a really important point to make around blood tests and I see it a lot as well and they don't test for everything like luteinizing hormone is one they don't test for a lot which is like tells a lot of information whether you've got PCOS or HA or hypothalamic amenorrhea um but yeah that's a really good point to make um but yeah I think we've covered a lot there in that episode and we could talk for more but I don't want to overwhelm people with too much content either and information because there's a lot in there and uh, a lot of the stuff I I speak about in, in other podcasts but it's so good to hear it coming from you you saying it like that and you've really nice analogies as well which makes it really <laughs> simple to understand um but thank you so much Ashing, for coming mm-hmm. on again um as Ashing said you can check her out on Instagram AOK Nutrition Fab highlights on her page like to check out um like natural natural cycles the pill everything else like that like so you'll find out loads of information on that but um yeah I'm gonna leave it at that if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and leave a review and I'll be back next week with another episode so thanks a million